Hi guys, and welcome back to another episode of Cults and Crime. I'm your host, Jamie. And I'm Nicole. So today, I am back home with Nicole. Trust me, social distancing and being safe, but it feels so great to be home. And it feels really good to have her back. But unfortunately, it means we're not working as hard as we should be for you guys. That is so true. Unfortunately, we have dropped a ball. So instead of releasing a super short true crime episode, what we're going to do is a game directly pointed towards Jamie's degree. My minor to be more specific, but we're going to test Jamie's knowledge on criminal fences, specifically towards Disney characters. And I have to specify This is mostly going to be personal opinions based on the knowledge that I do have. So if any of you guys are actual law experts, you're going to be really annoyed with that episode. But I would also love for you to give us your opinion too. Oh yeah, if I get anything wrong, let me know. I love to learn. So without any further delay, we are going to be talking about the case against Tinkerbell. I'm sorry, Tinkerbell? The charge stands. Solicitation to commit murder. The evidence? Everyone's favorite pixie gets whipped into a jealous rage when she sees Wendy cozy up to her main man, Peter Pan. Does she try to talk it out or is she post-passive aggressive Facebook post like a normal person? Nope. Tinkerbell's solicitation is straight up a capital bitch move. She conducts a lie that Peter has ordered Wendy to be shot and pass it along to his gang called the Lost Boys. The thugs obediently rush out with clubs and guns with the intent to kill her. What is your verdict, Jamie? So actually, I think this would depend state on state. So some states, if you like solicit someone to commit murder, you're responsible for that act. Other states, it's not like that. In the state where I learn, I'm learning law in Georgia, if I'm not mistaken, she would be liable for that. Specifically because she told them to commit murder. She told them she convinced them, knowing full well that they would do it. So Jamie, according to WKD Defense, the verdict is guilty as charged. Hell yeah, guys. Getting it right. So... To be convicted of solicitation, the prosecution must prove that Tink persuaded another to commit crime. Murder is the crime. The evidence doesn't get much clearer than this. Riots in prison, your morseless fairy psycho. Pretty much. Yeah, guys, so if you're thinking about trying to convince someone else to commit the deed for you, don't. Because if there's any proof, (laughs) text messages, emails, you are caught dead to rights. And (laughs) right-handed. All right. All right, Jamie. Are you ready for the next? Yeah, let's go. This is Commonwealth versus Michael Gowski. Wazowski. Michael Wazowski? Yes. Okay. Charges. Breaking and entering and assault. Okay. Serious charges for sure. So, the evidence as it stands. Mike is a literal monster who creeps into children's bedrooms at night. 
in order to terrorize them into screaming. To make matters even more disturbing, he's a serial offender who consorts with other offenders who keep a board tally who's traumatized the most children. What is your verdict? See, it's weird because you have to think about the district in which he committed this so-called crime. And where he's located, that's not a crime. So you can't charge him for that. But if he did the crime when he was in a different district, a.k.a. the district in which the children would live, he would still be liable for that crime. You can't include the crimes to horrify children because there's no law against traumatizing kids by scaring them. Or else, you know, any clown walking down the street that was a little too scary would get charged with a crime. I would say he's guilty of breaking and entering. Well, not breaking and entering because he didn't break anything. And I would say he was guilty of unlawful entry. I would say he's guilty of unlawful entry and not guilty for the crimes of harassing a child. So, according to WKDefense.com, as the evidence stands, guilty on both charges. Breaking and entering in this case requires proof of entering without permission, coupled with the intent to commit assault. Contrary to common belief, assault does not require actual physical contact. Assault is defined as committing an overt act intending to place the victim in fear of physical harm. There can be little question that leaps out of a half-assaulting a child in their sleep. See, I would argue argue that I I strongly disagree. He does nothing to make them think he's going to hurt them. He just jumps out and screams. Well, moreover... Mike would likely receive an enhanced punishment at his sentencing hearing based on the countless powerful victim impact statements documenting the deep psychological suffering of his victims. See, now we're just making things up. We're assuming they wrote victim impact statements. So, Jamie, these are Disney characters. This is all made up. I don't like this. I don't like that I'm wrong, and I highly disagree. If you guys agree with me, write down, email us, DM us, tell Nicole that she's wrong. The law is wrong. Are you ready for your next victim? I'm sorry, excuse me. Court case, Jamie. Ready to hear the next case on the docket? The next case is Commonwealth versus Woody. Okay. Charges as stands. Attempted murder. Hmm. The evidence. Woody leads an idyllic life as Andy's favorite and de facto leader of the toys. That is until a new and cooler toy named Buzz arrives. Enraged by his status being challenged, Woody flies into a homicidal rage and devises a plot to eliminate his rival. With cold calculation, he drives a remote controlled car into an unsuspecting Buzz, leading to a sequence of events sending Buzz toppling out of a window. What is your verdict? I don't remember the movie going like that. These are the facts as they stand. Well, these facts suck. Okay. So, he's, they're all above the age of a minor. So you really can't be responsible for someone else's actions. And Buzz chose to get into the car knowing the dangers. You know, it's not like he strapped him in and made him get in the car. He he drove a remote control car into him, Jamie. 
I don't remember this movie. Yeah, if he tried to commit vehicular homicide, obviously he's guilty. Good, because he is guilty as charged. And attempting criminal law is an unfinished crime. In this case, the prosecution must prove, one, Woody's attempted murder buzz, and two, a direct act done towards its compensation. There's little doubt that driving a car into buzz would qualify as a direct act, so the only question is Woody's intent. Woody would likely claim that he merely intended to knock Buzz behind a desk rather than kill him. Sorry, you sick psychopath cowboy. Well, yeah, that's the difference between vehicular homicide and criminal negligence. The jury will receive an instruction that people intend the nature and probable sequences of their actions, as well as an instruction that malice may be presumed from the use of a deadly weapon, in this case, a speeding car. Oh, yeah. So most likely what they do is they come at him with a vehicular homicide and then argue him down to um, negligence. Well, all right. Judge Jamie, are you ready for your next case on docket? I'm ready, but they've all been guilty so far. I'm looking for an innocent man. I don't want to leave the day just giving guilty pleas out for everyone. Well, okay then. It's a good day in Jamie's court. So... Commonwealth versus King Triton. Charges. Felony destruction of property and reckless handling of a firearm. The evidence. When King Triton discovers that his youngest daughter, Ariel, saved a human from drowning, he absolutely loses his shit. Ariel tries to explain that the human would have died, but for her intervention... But Triton explodes into a racist tirade, which he bellows that, quote-unquote, they're all the same, spineless savages, unquote. Fueled by a roid rage, he didn't get that physical lifting from underwater. He proceeds to use a magical trident that is the merman equivalent to an AR-15 to shoot up her room, destroying numerous priceless artifacts in the process. What is your verdict, Jamie? See, it's weird because he's also the king. So a lot of play, so a lot of countries, if you're the king of that country, a lot of things are just if de facto yours, and you can't get in trouble for destroying your own property. Even in California, if you're married and you set your car on fire, if you own it with your spouse, they can't sue you for those damages because you guys both own that object. So it depends if they have dual ownership of Ariel's objects because she is a minor. I would argue that she is guilty, because he did not pay for those objects, and there was no implication that those objects were partially owned by him. Which is fair, because the verdict, according to the website I'm looking at, is guilty. He's guilty as charged. The destruction charge is elevated to a felony, based on the value the property destroyed. The weird status of Prince Eric alone would be worth tens of thousands of dollars, aside from criminal's consequences. Child Protective Services would almost surely be removed Ariel from the custody of her dad, as well. Yeah, I can see that. So again, I can't stress this enough. I'm not a law expert, and I've only studied law in California briefly and in Georgia. So what's legal for those states might not be legal for your states. And I can also assume that she doesn't know mermaid law, toy law, or any other Disney law out there. 
Oh, yeah, because it's, like, can you really... So, like, there's so many different things about, like, trying to charge someone from different districts, different states, different countries, that these... Like, trying to do this would be incredibly complicated if you were a lawyer. And that's what makes it so difficult in real-life cases. Murder cases. Missing people cases. The cases that we cover all the time. Yeah, because sometimes if you do a crime and you do it in multiple states, it's automatically a felony. And... Sometimes what's legal in one state might be illegal in another. Take gun laws, for example. In a lot of states, you can't have guns in your vehicles unless they're locked away with no ammo. In other states, you can open carry. A shot-off shotgun? Totally legal. But you cross state lines? It's a felony. So, whenever you guys hear stories, and you hear a lot of them because you guys obviously love true crime, take them with a grain of salt. Because... Just because it's that experience in that situation may not necessarily be true in another situation. So we did this to have fun, but we also were hoping that you guys would learn a lesson. We talk about cases and we talk about laws every single time we do a true crime episode. But don't take what we say as law. Don't take what your state's law is as law either. Everything's different, and you have to look it up for yourself to actually know the truth. And just because you have cold hard facts in front of you, circumstantial evidence is a huge thing. Oh, yeah. One of the most reliable pieces of evidence is not witness evidence. Witness evidence is actually the most horrible, inaccurate type of evidence. But studies have shown that juries will believe that above anything else, even DNA. So... Hopefully you had fun, and if you really enjoyed it, we will be continuing this on our Patreon. So if you guys want to hear us talk about some more fake crimes, hopefully get an innocent plea, then head on over to our Patreon. You can find that at Patreon slash Colts and Crime. Okay, guys, thank you so much for listening, and let me know if I got anything wrong. I am far from being a lawyer, a prosecutor, a judge, or even a police officer. So I'm sure there's a ton of stuff I for, missed or forgot or didn't even think about. And hopefully we helped you guys to understand when DNA evidence isn't there or people were misplaced in trial or something that made sense to you didn't make sense to the law. Hopefully we help you understand that it's not finite. The law in America is not finite at all. Oh yeah, and the law is changing all the time, just like science changes. Back in the day, one of the more reliable things of evidence was fiber evidence or bite evidence. And we have shown that those evidence aren't necessarily accurate. In fact, a lot of courtrooms are choosing to not allow those evidences anymore. So with that in place, thank you so much for listening to us again. We will be back Monday with an episode, we promise. A real episode, a cult episode, because I am continuing my Tracy Triangle series. Is it a cult? Is it a cult next, Jamie? Kind of. I think the entirety of Tracy, that entire place is kind of a cult. But if de facto, not technically. So thank you so much for listening to us, and we'll see you guys next Monday. Bye. Bye.